0: That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional
1: nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. We're coming to you live from San Diego at the Innovations and Recovery Conference, Uh, Today we're going to be talking with my friend Glenn Hadley from Foundations Recovery Network. Uh, We're going to get to him in just a moment, but first be sure to check us out at ThatSoberGuy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at RealThatSoberGuy and on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Uh, Now I mentioned to you we're coming live from San Diego at Innovations in Recovery. Uh, And you might ask, what is Innovations in Recovery? Uh, Well, it's about everything new in behavioral healthcare. And we're here because Foundations invites us out. So big thank you to them. Uh, we get to hang, hang back and meet some good people, do some podcasting and connect and talk about recovery. So we're really happy to be here. Uh, and uh, we're stoked to do some podcasting today. Now, we're also here to bring you some of the top experts and recovery advocates and help inform you on what the heck is going on in the treatment industry, as well as have some fun. And of course, spread the good word. For more information about innovations in recovery and other foundations events you can go to foundationsevents.com once again that's foundationsevents.com um, last thing real quick and we get, we're going to get to glenn uh, finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health can be tough uh, and that's why sober guys continue to partner with foundations recovery network and because Foundation stays true to their mission holds high ethical standards and provides treatment in a nationwide network of residential and outpatient facilities so if you or a loved one needs help Here's what you can do. You can go to foundationshelp.com slash soberguy or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's 833-81-SOBER and you can talk with an admissions coordinator about treatment options. They can answer any questions for you. They're great people and I promise you they'll take care of you. So one more time, that's foundationshelp.com slash soberguy or 833. You can call 833 81 Sober. Glenn Hadley, we just met in a bathroom at a Foundations Recovery <laughs> Conference uh, introduced by Jordan. Uh, so good to meet you, man. And welcome to Sober Guy, bro.
0: Yeah, man. Glad to be here. And, uh, you know, it' very strange meeting, but, you know, that's the way it works sometimes, right? <laughs> it is, man. It is.
1: It's funny. And and I, I always say, I just got to roll with it, man. Like, uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, the, those moments are provided sometimes for to make connections, to uh, jump on opportunities, to meet cool people. And you gotta be open to it at the same time, you know?
0: Absolutely, you know, that's yeah. how it kind of works in this deal, right? Yeah. You just kind of show up and like, I wonder where we're gonna go today. Oh, all right, this is where we're gonna go Here today. we are. Yeah. That's,
1: that's one of my favorite sayings. Uh, my sponsor and I talk about that a lot. Let me just show up today. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have any expectations, but if I show up and I try to do the next right thing, all the rest of the uh, uh, stuff will fall in place most of the time. And if it doesn't, at least I can, um, you know, take a step back and uh, call my sponsor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, absolutely. And, and try and, like, not manage the expectations, right? Yeah. Like, that's the hard yeah. part. Like, I, I, I mean, I get the plan and everything's ready to go and everything, but I want it to look a certain way whenever yeah. I actually do the work, you know, yep. and... And it's just, it doesn't work out that way. Whenever I let go of that, man, life is good. It's so good.
1: Letting go, that's one of my favorite things. Like That's like practicing that uh, that powerlessness. Like, let me just let go of today and uh, I'm going to roll with the punches. Although one of my favorite quotes, and I've said this often on the show, is by Mike Tyson. He said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I said, all right, well, (laughs) wait a second. Yeah, that's really true. So I need to be able to adjust at the same time. Uh, but man, so let, let's, uh, let's learn a little bit, a uh, little bit about you, Glenn. Um, I know, man, you just jumped in with foundations. Um, we talked a little bit before you're from Austin or you, at least you live in Austin now and you're getting ready to head out to Nashville. Um, what's, uh, maybe, maybe let's start with a little bit about yourself. I know you're in recovery too. Maybe start there, man.
0: Sure. Well, um, I, am in recovery from alcoholism, but, uh, but also I'm a recovering tennis pro. I, I grew up playing tennis and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and played professional tennis for a number of years, but, um. Uh, my alcoholism didn't care. It really? it really didn't care that I was a tennis pro. It actually, um, uh, the fact that that uh, I, I grew up with this mentality that it, that if I just work hard enough at something, I can achieve anything, mm. that actually worked against me and in, in, uh, against my alcoholism. Because uh, the worse that it got, the harder I worked at it, trying to manage and control it, um, and and that just didn't work. And yeah. so finally, it just broke and and uh, and came to a place where I, I was willing to take help, and yeah. that's where it really did change in a positive way because I'm good at taking coaching, mm-hmm. right? And right. so when I found a sponsor and and my sponsor said, do this, this, and this, man, I was like, okay, let's go, let's do it. And I call him back like three hours later. I did this, this, and this, now yeah. what's next, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, this level of willingness is a little something I'm not used to, you know? You're like, man, blown. I'm ready to go. I want to get yeah. sober. Like, I want to be 20 years sober today. Come yeah. on, you know?
1: Well, you've been, you've been coached for so long, I'm assuming being a tennis pro. I mean, um, so did the, uh, did the drinking... Um, start to creep in as you were still playing tennis or w- did this come afterwards or yes. was there a certain amount of pressure you're dealing with I'm sure?
0: No, I mean like so I played my first professional tennis tournament at the age of 15 and um, the the problem is is that you know I, even though I'm playing this sport professionally like tennis was not exactly where I was living in East Texas was not exactly nice. looked on as a real sport, right? Mm. Like football was king there. Got it, and got so it. The, the thing is I'm playing this sport professionally in high school and then at the same time my peers are thinking less of me or at least i i, I see them as thinking less of me you know yeah, and sure. they're they're talking you know smack about the fact that play tennis and so i really want to fit in and so cool. what were these kids doing like they're out there throwing parties hanging out getting loaded and stuff like that and so yeah. even though i didn't really want to to get involved in that life i really wanted to be cool yeah and and totally. so i started hanging with them and, and i started drinking and um and it changed my life and so like i i, I tell you this, I, I played the first tournament my first professional tournament at 15 took my first Damn. drink at 16 and I'm homeless on the streets at 20 like A lot living happened fast I mean it was quick just yeah. like that and and so it wasn't willpower Damn. you know it, but it took me down because like somewhere along the lines like playing tennis all day and drinking all night and playing tennis all day and drinking all night pretty soon the drinking starts to drink into the day yeah while I'm oh, playing yeah. tennis yeah yeah, which is not a healthy thing, and so like, dude, tennis is yeah. fucking hard. Hey, like
1: I'm, is. I, I'm not like a professional. I, I haven't played a whole ton of tennis before. <laughs> We've whacked it around a few times. I remember growing up. Dude, it is, like, you have to be at your your agility, your endurance. Um, I mean, like, it is a hard-ass sport, man. I think you're right. It doesn't really get the credit other than through John McEnroe. Because who doesn't <laughs> right. know John McEnroe, yeah. right, that, you know, it was on the line. That's, like, one of the classic things. Um, but, dude, like, that's that's not a, an easy thing to kind of fall into that peer pressure, I guess, too, to try to fit in. I hear that a lot, too. Like, and I know I went through that. I just want to feel... Uh, comfortable. I want to feel like me. And if I don't know who I am, like that was turned to some drinking. And then there it is, you know?
0: Sure. And like in tennis, it's such an individual sport. There's no team. Like there's no yeah. like camaraderie so like or golf, anything huh? like that. Right. Yeah. Like when you're out there, yeah. like, like everything falls on your shoulders. The winds yeah. fall on your shoulders, which is a great deal. But the losses do also. And there's yeah. no one to blame. Um, except yourself. And so that's a very lonely place for someone to grow you up. Are really hard on yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, brutal. So like but, your,
1: your own worst enemy. Oh, God, yeah. That's how I am too. <laughs>
0: I mean, but I, I, I tend to sponsor guys that are like that too, right? The yeah. guys that come in and they're just like, beating themselves up over. I'm like, dude, like you just, uh, like, come on, it's
1: all good. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's all good. Be and easy, then I dude. hear
0: myself saying that, like, yeah, I need to take that too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. We got to learn to take our own oh, advice. Yeah. Oh sometimes, my gosh, bro. That happens yeah. so often. So, so you get to 20, you're homeless on the street. What happens from there?
0: Well, so here's a funny thing, and I, I always I like to throw this out there because I don't want anybody to do this, but I mean, it's your own journey. So, like, I, I decided the tennis and the drinking was getting a little too hard um, to do together. And so the tennis thing had to go. And, and, uh, so I, I, I did what any self-respecting alcoholic would do. And uh, I started DJing, uh, you know, cause I think that <laughs> yeah. that works. And, and, uh, so I got into the whole rave scene and, and, uh, and did that and, and party and, while you're working. I, I mean, it was yeah. great. You know, the, the problem is like, and this sounds uh, as sick as it is. Um, like I couldn't even do that. Um, my drinking and, and drug usage got so bad, um, even in that, I couldn't do that. I mean, I can remember being on stage in front of thousands of people and, and, and literally wanting to hide, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and that's wow. a bad place to be, yeah. right? Like I was in a show in Dallas once and, and uh, I'd been up for a couple of days and, um, and was getting real sketchy. And, uh, and I was just trying to, trying to get away, just trying to get through the set. And, uh, and I can remember halfway through the set and I killed the volume to the whole place. Oh no. And like, I'm just staring up there like, oh my gosh! It was, like, yeah, wow. everyone, what. Yeah. And the sound guy had to come turn it back up, you know. Just
1: <laughs> <You're still laughs> bobbing like, your head at least. Yeah, I was bit. like, I'm this like,
0: oh. is not good, you know. And yeah. and and I walked off that stage, and I was like, it's the the DJ, and that's what the difference is. I I, I got to quit this, and so I quit wow. that. You know, it's like every time something came up that I was like really getting some traction in. Um, oh, I see. I had to quit because uh, my drinking and, and drug use got the best now, of me. Did, you know? did
1: you think, uh, like, for the example with being a DJ, were you, were you kind of equating the issues that was happening to DJing, or were you saying that it was a problem because of the drug use? Were you able to differentiate that not, yet, or not was at it the still time? Like, no,
0: it was like, oh, it's the lifestyle. Got it. Like okay. that's it's what it was. Me. It's no. not me. Yeah, it's surely not it me. can't be me, and it totally. sure can't be the the drinking, right? Because. Yeah. Like the drinking wasn't the problem like that. I was like, how can you, you can't take this away. It's not a yeah. big deal, yep. right? It's because I'm traveling all over and I'm, I'm staying up all night right. in this work, this job. Yeah. Forget like, you know, the fact that I'm doing crystal methamphetamine all night, you yeah. know, that's not a problem either. So you right. yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. the job. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I, I quit doing that and, and you know, w- when you're quitting everything, but not addressing the problem, like for yeah. me, eventually it just got to the point where I'm living in the bathroom of an apartment center pool house, wow. like, and, and just, like it was everybody else everything else and and uh, yeah so that's where it brought me what what
1: was that uh, what was that moment or or did you have a moment where um, you know it kind of clicked for you and, and maybe you started to look at it from some personal responsibility perspective and say like damn like this sucks like I got a lot more potential than this. Like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, what did that look like for you?
0: Well, so, like, the 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 beauty of it is that, like, whenever I was homeless and, and I walked from, I walked, like, 300 miles to go from city to city once. Because this is was, when
1: you were in Texas still.
0: It, yeah, I lived in Texas, and then I walked to Lake Charles, Louisiana one time uh, yeah. because, like, it was <laughs> where I was living, right? Because that that long, bathroom floor that? was hard, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's a it, long, long way. right? It's a
0: long freaking way. Right. It's like 300 miles. Damn, like, you're like That's like a Forrest long walk, Scott, right? Man, growing a beard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was not running. I was walking. Um, but, but here's the thing. Like I, I figured at that point I was still like, you know, I still had some, some kick and I was still not willing to look at myself. Yeah. And, and so I started doing what I saw people around me doing that were successful. And they had like, you know, the job, they had the wife, the kids, the house, like all that stuff. And so at that point I said, all right, I'm gonna go get that stuff. And, and because I had some, some pretty decent willpower, mm. um, I started collecting those things. Um, I started to like actually get a, a real career and, and got back into coaching. And I got the wife and the kids and the house and the cars and, and, and built up a pretty nice life for myself. Um, yeah. the, the problem was I still didn't look at my drinking. I still didn't look mm. at my drug usage. And, and so here I was like at, uh, many years removed, right, in, in 2013 um here i am and i'm hitting the same place that i was when i was homeless wow i was beaten and broken completely done everybody was leaving now all those things that i had acquired were leaving let's just say you had all the stuff yeah i had all the stuff and i felt the exact same as when i had nothing you know it's
1: funny i heard a friend of mine um say one time um he said that the a, a man's soul is so big that no amount of possessions um stuff whatever it it can never be fulfilled and satisfied it can only be fulfilled by the love of god like straight up like and that's always stuck with me like no matter how successful i ever am or what you know even even my i mean my family is obviously number one but like there's nothing that's ever going to fulfill that except that just knowing that like there's something higher than me and i'm very open about on the show like we talk about all different programs and I'm not a a believer that only there's only one way to do it. Everyone's different. So, you know, whatever your God is out there, you know, that you're listening, like something higher than us for me, at least that's what fulfills me. You know what I mean? When I can be on that plane. So you, and you, and you had totally no connection with that at this time, right? No, because
0: the thing is I'm, I'm still focused outwardly, Yes, you know, and that's that's been a common thing. I'm always looking outside of myself. Yeah. You know, to, to fix what's going on on the inside. And, and here's the problem that I find, that whether I, I have absolutely nothing outside and I'm staring at nothingness, or I have all of these things outside and I'm staring at all these things, I'm still distracted from the true power that has grown within me, that's managed yeah. to keep me sober, right? Yeah, and when finally, like all that stuff was gone again and, and I was broken down and the only person I had left to look at was me, and I turned inward, that's whenever I connected with that power kind of find out it was always there yeah it was always there right i'm like oh man yeah this is that thing that i was so like i'm I'm looking out there that that voice of right and wrong right that thing like when i grew up like my parents never had to tell me don't smoke crack (laughs) you know they didn't have to do that right but i knew innately like that's probably not the best thing for me i still went and did it anyway you know but i knew that's not right you know and (laughs) and so where did that come from and i started digging into that and started listening to that voice and, and started to like Like try to find that part of me that was in touch with that power and come to find out it was the more
1: stuff I had, the less I could hear that. Yeah, that's good, man. It's real good. so, do you do you still play tennis at all now? Is that is that I, a t- like?
0: I do. You I do still play. Um, I, I'm actually uh, coming out of the tennis industry uh, to work with foundations. I, nice. I currently um, I run a tennis facility in in Austin, Texas, and and then I have a, a number of large tennis events and fundraisers that I awesome, um, uh, that I'm the director for. And so um, I've still got my hands in some of that. That's good. Um, but trying to bring some of the the event stuff that I also, you know, I grew up throwing raves and, and concerts and things of that nature. So bringing those two worlds together into into yeah. this venue here and uh, seeing if we can't make a little difference and have some that's, fun.
1: And that's gotta be cool for, for you now after experiencing that, you know, you obviously have a gift for events and for people, um, you know, connections. Um, showmanship, I'm sure, is probably a part of it too, man. I mean, that's part of events. But now you get to do it in a positive light and you get to bring some, some, some hope and some goodness to some people out there in this kind of industry, which is pretty neat.
0: Absolutely. I, I will tell you one of the highlights of my, my life, like not just professional life, but my life, was um, standing on the stage at, um, in Houston when we had the Super Bowl there a few years ago. And I was able to do a concert called Sober Bowl Superfest down there and being able to stand on the stage at the end of that um, at the end of that concert, after we brought hope to so many people and uh, and really just brought awareness around the, the disease that we all are in this industry are dealing with. Totally. Um, to be able to stand up there and pray with everybody, wow! Um, it pretty- didn't matter what walk of life they came from. It didn't matter what what, their, what was in their bank account. Nothing. Everybody was up there, bowed their heads and prayed. It was yeah. a pretty dang cool deal. Just awesome. That,
1: that is cool too because I and I the only football game that I. Even attempted to watch this whole year was the Super Bowl, which was absolutely boring. Um, But the one thing I noticed, and you know, and I noticed it every year, but for some reason more this year than any other, was the beer ads. There was so many beer ads. So for you to kind of take that outward in that environment, that's that's pretty cool too. Well, and and it goes
0: to show, like for me, that the the um, the drugs and the alcohol were never really the the problem right like they they really solved something that was really broken in me and the problem with it is was that i was kind of allergic to it i didn't react normally to it you know that was that was really the problem i I, you know and and i think that for for people that can drink and and even drug successfully that's great you know like have at it but for, for me and, and and my brothers and sisters in recovery like that's just not our story yeah you know yep. and so what can I do to help that like where can I be most useful and I think it's in this venue
1: That's so good man because I, I think that a lot of people feel like um you know, that, that alcohol or drugs can be demonized and it's, that's all, that's, that's the problem. And and you're right, man. It's a, it's a, it's a me problem. You know, it comes from within. It's something that I have to deal with. That's just the tool. There's plenty of people out there who can have one or two beers. I have no fucking idea how they do it. No,
0: no, (laughs) no, I don't get it,
1: but like people can do it and they do it responsibly. And that is, that is great. That's what it's, that's what it's for I guess but um let's uh yeah I know I could go down that hole yeah I know right right? we could go there all day I'm sure
0: yeah but then I ended up talking about relationships and that's probably (laughs) we don't have enough time on this show like yeah that'll be for another another mini series
1: yeah man so well so let's do let's do two things um Let's, let's, I want to get into talking about what you're going to be doing with foundations, what that looks like, how you came aboard. I think that's kind of a cool story, how it happened very organically. Uh, Before we do that, I just kind of wanted to, um, to find out about what your recovery program looks like right now. Like, what do you, what do you do, man? Like how you staying sober? Like what's something you can, uh, you can, you can send out to those out there listening, maybe a little tip or something that you did that might help someone else. You know, the,
0: the, I think the biggest thing for me is that I, I went through a treatment program and then went to aftercare afterwards and, and did the whole deal, right? And, and so as I transitioned through that and, and uh, into my own recovery, I tried to emulate what I had done in treatment in my life. Mm, and and so what I did was I, I took the groups where we went to different groups and, and learned different information about the steps about recovery and, and, uh, and what that looked like. I substituted meetings for those groups. And so I would go in the very beginning, nice. especially like I would go to uh, a couple meetings a day. Um, and then I would, st- I would come early. I'd stay late. I would hang out and listen. I talked to people. Uh, I cleaned up a lot, right? I made a lot of coffee, did all those things, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I good. drank a lot of coffee too. Let me <laughs> but, um, but so I did that and, and, um, and through that, like my world started to open up in recovery. And um, and so I started to, to do camp outs and, and I do sober concerts. I'd started like just bringing the things that I like to do uh, uh, leading into that. And I brought it into my sober world and I built my life out of my sober community. And, and I think that was so helpful because whenever I did transition and I went back into the uh, the, the tennis space and, and started coaching again and, and started managing a club and, and those kinds of things, um, I still brought that into that world and oh, i can yeah. i can tell you that that there were so many times where um a, a member would come in um in the morning and she shut my door he'd shut my door and say hey we need to talk you know like my huh. son is really struggling um here she needs help like what do i do wow you know um i i can't tell you how many times i brought families together oh. in my yeah. office there that's awesome. you know so so that that's important to me my daily recovery life still looks like going to meetings. Um, uh, carrying the message. I talk to my sponsor often. I'm, uh, I, I put on uh, uh, recovery conferences um, and I sponsor a lot of guys, yeah. um, whether it's there in the Austin area or remotely.
1: I like what you're saying, too, about doing stuff. Uh, I know for, for me and for a lot of the people that, um, you know, that I'm friends with and, and get to talk to, the fear of getting sober has a lot to do with, well, what the hell am I going to do now? Because everything I've done has revolved around alcohol or drugs. So that was my... That was my fun, you know, Um, and my good buddy Seth. uh, You know, we have talked, we do backpacking, so man, we've been talking a lot lately. Like, man, it'd be so awesome to do like this like sober backpacking trip or something. You know, it sounds like you've been doing some of that kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely, keeping
1: people out, get letting them know that like, hey. There's a life outside of alcohol and drugs. There's plenty of stuff you can do. You can have a great time. And guess what? You get to remember it the next day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, talking to them about the fact that you know, the person that comes on the on the the trip for the first time, you're gonna be uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, because it's different. You know, like going to to do a sober camp out where there's DJs playing, where there's lasers, where there's like, you know, barbecue going on around like out at the lake. Okay, like that's what we do, right? (laughs) And, and so like t- talking to them saying, you're going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, because we're not used to doing that sober. Yeah. We're not used to being in that environment sober, but then come to think of it, like going to work the first time sober were you uncomfortable yeah <laughs> you know but you still suit yeah. up and go to work right that's right i mean and, and it's very much like that in our recovery and having yeah. fun like suit up and go one, one of the best things that we do every year i have a, a friend of mine and um we go on this man trip okay and he throws his son in the car i throw my boys in the car nice. and and we drive and we have very little plan whatsoever we usually take 10 days two weeks and we drive And and so like last year on this man trip we had no plan and we ended up going to meteor crater arizona we went to the grand canyon we ended up in moab utah wow and then went to rocky mountain national park <laughs> like <laughs> no clue no plan yeah. we woke up in the morning we didn't know where we were going to be that night and it was amazing it's and we cool, had just a, a phenomenal trip but it takes some getting used to to do yeah. that yep powerlessness you know? and yeah.
1: just rolling with it yeah rolling with it i love it i bet your boys love that too man
0: they, they do it's yeah. different for them you know they're like yeah. the, the ones that come with me are 17 and 15 and so like uh we'll be driving and i'll be like look at this how cool is this right and they're just like on their phone
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Then i
0: tell them put that down and they're like yeah. "Why wow, look and they got a picture of it on their phone oh, you know
1: yeah. no, it's so different huh <laughs> it is yeah. it's different it's it cool, different. Man. That's cool so uh so tell us a little bit about foundations man what are you going to be doing what's that looking like for you? it's pretty exciting man i know it happened real organically we talked before like i said and it was pretty neat
0: yeah, it's a it's just a a, a cool deal. I, I'm coming on as the sales and events manager for foundations, and um, and get a chance to bring my events background and you know my recovery background to this yeah. deal. You know, and and uh, really try to help help people and, and create a space where professionals and and kind of needle movers in this industry can come together yeah. and try to move the needle. Yeah, you know, because that's really what it's about. Yeah, um, I'm excited about that. It was very organic, like you said. Um, uh, uh, Matt Fury, who's, uh, who's the CEO of Foundations, he and I got to, to know each other through uh, through the, the Sober Bowl Superfest in, in Houston. Nice. And um, I, I tell you, all that came about just because I was willing to be present and show up whenever uh, when God kind of put a situation in front of me. I said hello and, and struck up a conversation. And six months later, we're doing a concert at the Super Bowl with NFL players, NBA players. All of these uh, music artists that are in recovery and just uh, carrying the message, right? That's cool, man. And um, because of that, I get to be here today and hang out with you guys and <laughs> and uh, just you yeah. know live this life, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great example of um, you know you mentioned it. I think I mentioned it even too of just showing up, man. We do the next right thing. Um, things fall into place just like they're supposed to. Be. And I know when I'm in that space, um, you know, not trying to control stuff, not trying to have expectations um, man, my days seem to be a a, a lot easier. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And and here's one thing I I just want to add with this is that whenever it gets difficult between my ears, I need to sit quiet Mm, and and dig into that. Like what, what am I doing up there? If it's difficult outside, like if the steps are difficult or if if there's some work that I need to do, that's maybe hard work, like that's fine. Dig into that. That's good. But like when it gets difficult between my ears, I need to slow down for a minute yep. because like there's going to be hard work in anything that we do, no matter what. Right. Yep. Um, there's going to be some hard work. It doesn't mean that I shy away and just sit back on my couch and go, God's got it. I can just sit here and let it <laughs> happen and wash. Yeah. Like I'm going to let success wash over me today. No, like that's, that does, that's not the way that it works. Yep. Right. Like there is some work that I have to do, but when it gets difficult in my head, then that's usually of me and that's not of God.
1: Yeah. That's good, man. It's so good. Yeah. It's like that balance of, um, you know the balance of, uh, of, of I almost said staying busy, but it's not staying busy. But it's just doing the doing the work, man. Just doing the work, putting in work. I had that sign up actually on my, on my studio for a long time at and it, and I probably need to put it back up. It just said put in work, <laughs> like do the work, yeah. man. Like are, are people, you know, well, how how do I stay sober? Are, are are you going to meetings? Do you have a spot? Like it's. There's really kind of a simple formula to it and you got to do the work in order to um you know at least for me i gotta i gotta stick to that yeah. too you know that's what i gotta do and that helps to keep me sober but dude it's been really great to me man like uh really cool i love how that happens dude you know the H- hotel del coronado bathroom i meet glenn <laughs> uh, we make sure to wash our hands and then yeah. shake hands afterwards uh man dude it r- really really cool man anything you want to add before uh, before we take off today
0: The last thing I will say is this, man, is that uh, you you couldn't have told me that I would be here six years ago. You you just couldn't have. And uh, I didn't really manage or or make any of this happen. It was more of opportunity presented itself, and I, I did the work. You good know, you, and that's all that's all I'd say. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, congratulations on the new gig, bro. thank um, you. Uh, hopefully we'll be seeing each other around. And uh, it's good to have you on the podcast, man. Thanks, Glenn. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram at RealThatSoberguy at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Uh, we're coming to you live from Innovations in Recovery, San Diego. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Peace, love, and respect and keep your blood clean. on stream. I've been trying to keep my head on straight and You still say that I don't know
0: anything about you Oh I don't know anything about you But I know what you do in the back room And you still say that I don't know
1: anything about Oh, I don't know anything about you But I know it's you doing nobody